Bibles, Galatians chapter 3. I do encourage you to keep Floyd and the ministry of the Gideons in prayer and the Lord leads you to support them, that would be great as well. If you need a Bible, we have uh, Bibles in the back. This morning we're going to look at the end of chapter 3 of Galatians and then the first seven verses of chapter 4, continuing our study through Paul's letter to the churches of Galatia. And if you are anything like me, you don't really understand the concept of an earthly father, at least a good earthly father. Uh, If you had a situation like uh, me, which I know many in our society today have had, parents divorced early, Um, my father had little or nothing to do with me. When I was a little kid, um, I visited him, uh, but he worked a lot, he drank a lot, he was an alcoholic. Um, As I got older, I began to realize that pretty much Anything he said wasn't going to happen. Uh, He would call me, you know, once in a while, you know, as I got a little bit older, 9, 10, and he would tell me, yeah, I'm going to take you to Disneyland, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and promise me the world. And as a little kid, I would get excited, but as I got to get older, preteen, I pretty much just started putting the phone down. It was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, you're just drunk. Uh, You don't do anything that you say, and I don't believe anything that you say. And so my concept of an earthly father or a father period was not that good. And then when you begin to hear God present himself as our heavenly father, sometimes we think, man, I don't know if that's such a great way to market yourself. You know, I don't know if being a father is the way that you want to present yourself, Lord. I mean, the concept of father that I have is a drunk liar. I'm not really sure that that's how you want to be perceived. But God comes to us and he says, I want to radically change your concept of what a father is. And I want to be your heavenly father. I want to be everything that your earthly father isn't. And maybe you had a good earthly father, and if you did, praise the Lord. And and praise God that I had a, a stepfather who raised me and provided for me. But there was no connection to, to my biological father. Zero connection. And since I was 15, I've probably seen him less than five times. Maybe you were raised with your father and, and he loved you and he cared for you and he played catch with you and took you fishing. And if you had that, praise the Lord for that. But our Heavenly Father wants to be even more than that to us. He wants to be everything that our earthly father, even if he was a good one, couldn't be. And Galatians is all about how we relate to our father in heaven. Is it by our works, that is our own efforts, or is it by faith, simply receiving the efforts God made to have relationship with us? That is the bottom line. 
How do you, how do I, how do we relate to God? Is it by our works or is it by our faith? And Paul says very clearly, it's by faith. In our last study in Galatians, we ended at verse 25 of chapter 3, where Paul introduced the reasoning that the law was our guardian, our tutor, to show us our need for Christ and to keep us for Christ. But just like a person, when he's full grown, is no longer under the authority of his parents. Just like you and me, when we reached that age where we moved out of our parents' home, we were no longer under their authority, so too as believers in Jesus were no longer under the authority, the guardianship of the law. The law has been fulfilled in Christ. And these Judaizers had moved in on these young believers in Galatia, and they said, look, you need to keep the law. You need to be circumcised. It's about your performance. It's about what you can do for God. And so you need to keep the law and keep doing these things. And they presented it as deeper understanding. They presented it as a more righteous way, a way in which you can be closer to God. And that's how all false teaching presents itself. Yeah, that's good what you believe, but we've got a better way. We've got deeper truths. We've got something for you that will really make you close to God. And the Galatians thought, that's what we want. We want to be close to God. We want to be mature. And doesn't it seem like that legalistic people think that they're more mature? They think that they're closer to God. They think that they're more righteous. But in fact, they're further away from God. In fact, they're less mature. The Bible calls them weak. See, they think that they're going deeper with the Lord when in fact they're going just the opposite way. And the devil uses that deception. And so launching out from there, let's pick it up in verse 26. Our text this morning, Galatians 3, 26 through 4, verse 7. And in this section, we're going to examine three points regarding our relationship with God, regarding our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We're going to see the relationship stated. We're going to see the relationship illustrated. And then we're going to see the relationship elaborated. So let's look at verses 26 through 29 where Paul states our relationship we see the relationship stated for you are all sons of god through faith in christ jesus for as many of you as were baptized into christ have put on christ there is neither jew nor greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus and if you are christ's then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so the first thing that we see here is the relationship stated. He says that we're sons of God. That's our position in Christ. Not based on our performance, just like you were born into a family. 
whether it was a good one or a bad one, you were born into a family and you were the son of your mother and father. It's a position that you have. Not because you earned it, not because you asked to be born into that family, not because you worked really hard. It's just a byproduct of the fact that your parents got together and they created you and you were born into this world. And so we're sons of God. That's our position. Not based on our performance. And look at how this position is brought about. Does it say that we're sons of God through our works? Does it say we're sons of God by going to church? Does it say we're sons of God by reading our Bibles? By dressing really cool or nice? By talking a certain way? No. It says we're sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's the method. Through faith. And Paul uses the picture of baptism to illustrate what it means to have faith in Jesus. He says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now this has nothing to do with water baptism. Because if water baptism was a method by which we were saved, that would be work salvation. What he's talking about is the picture of baptism. And just like in baptism, you're put down into the water and brought back up out of the water, so too in our relationship with Christ, we are fully immersed in Him. That's what we should desire. That's what we should want, is to be fully, completely surrendered to Him. But how many of us are just kind of content with a little bit of Jesus? Just, you know, give me enough where I've got fire insurance. Give me enough where I have security that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. I'm not really interested in serving Him. I'm not really interested in knowing Him. I just want a little bit of Him. And a little bit of Jesus is a really dangerous place to be. Because you have just enough of Jesus to be unhappy in the world. But not enough of Jesus to be set apart from the world. And so what happens is you're riding the fence. And if you've ever ridden a fence, especially guys, you know that's not a real comfortable place to be. And that's what ends up happening. When you get a little bit of Jesus... It's like riding the fence. You've got too much of Jesus to be happy in the world, so you're miserable sinning. But you've got too much of the world to be happy and joyful in Christ because you're guilty. And so it's this miserable place to be. And we don't have to live there. We can be baptized into Christ completely, fully, immersed in him and again we're not talking about water baptism although that is an important step public demonstration of what's been done in your heart but this is just an illustration here and he says that we've put on christ 
That's important to understand. That's a daily decision to put on Christ. Now, most of us put on clothes in the morning, right? Everybody here is clothed. That's a good thing. It's a really good thing that I put on clothes. I, we were, Andrew and I were looking through some photo albums. She's been on this photo kick the last couple of days. So she's going through and she's doing scrapbooks and all this stuff, you know, which means that, you know, I've got to, uh, you know, keep my eye on the kids, right? So she's been doing that and spending a lot of time. And, you know, I've been going through these pictures. And a couple things that I've noticed. One is that I've lost a lot of hair in the last few years. You know, even before I shaved it all off, you know, it's like, man, when I was 26, I had a lot of hair. And another thing I've noticed, I've, you know, I've, I've grown a little bit, you know, in my relationship with the Lord. But that's not what I noticed in the pictures. What I noticed in the pictures, I've put on some weight. And Andrea's got this elliptical trainer, you know, and she's been getting up and doing that. She's like, when are you going to get on that? And I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm praying about it. <laughs> Lord hasn't shown me either. I haven't got a, a word from the Lord yet, you know. But uh, I, I noticed these things in, in the pictures. And, and I noticed, um, you know, that, that also... Um, you know, that I've, I've kind of changed in, in my style of, of clothing over the years. You know, I look at some of the pictures and I think, my goodness, you know, somebody helped the poor guy out back in the, you know, what was he doing, you know? Um, but, but anyway, we, we put on clothes, and, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing that we do that. And it's something that, you know, some of us think about. Some of us just throw on whatever. And, you know, others, you know, you think about it a little bit. And some of you guys, you know, I'd like to give you some tips. I don't know if that's really my job as a pastor to help you out. But, you know, what, however I can help, I, I'm here for you, you know. Um, but, like, if, if you've got, if a lot of your clothing, like, you know, came, like, when Reagan was president... It's probably time to, you know, to hit the neat repeat or something, you know. But, uh, but anyway, I don't even know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> um, oh, putting, putting on clothes. Paul says put on Christ. A lot like you put on clothes. It's a decision that you make every day. And some of you, you know, just kind of throw them on, but you decide to put clothes on. And it's something that you consciously do. And every day we ought to be deciding to put on Christ. And He ought to be with us. And we should be cognizant of that. And just like your clothes, you're kind of known for how you dress. If you're sloppy, you know, you're known for that. You know, I've got a friend and all he wears is sweats, you know, and he's kind of known uh, for not really caring a whole lot about how he dresses. You, and some people wear really sharp clothes, and some people have to wear ties, you know, and, and you're kind of known. You can look at somebody. You know, you can spot a logger, you know. That's a logger right there. You, you can spot a businessman, you know, and you can spot a pastor. Well, maybe not. Um, but you, you get the drift. You, you can kind of see where people are at with, with how they dress. And, and with Jesus, as we put him on, people ought to notice that. 
They ought to see that. It ought to be as close to us as that shirt you're wearing and those pants you're wearing. That's how close Jesus ought to be to us. And so he uses these, these pictures to help us understand what it means to have faith in Christ. It's not just saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. Like when I asked my mom as a child, you know, what religion are we? We're Christians. We're Americans. Come on, knucklehead. What do you think? Oh, okay. That's cool. And I went on for a while believing that. But that's not true. It has nothing to do with where you're born. It's by a decision that you make to be baptized into Christ, to put on Christ, to live for Him, to follow Him. And if you haven't done that, I would encourage you to do that today. And Paul goes on in verse 29, and he says, if, or in verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so as we put our faith in Christ, we begin to see that these dividing lines that exist in our society don't exist in the kingdom of God. And that these things that we use to alienate one another have no bearing on our relationship with Christ. It it has nothing to do with your relationship with the Lord, these things. These things that we use to divide. That is race, social class, gender. I mean, race is a huge issue.